Welcome to Children's Ministry Monthly, a podcast focusing on the needs of normal, everyday children's ministers. We all started in the trenches. Welcome to the Children's Ministry Monthly Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is James Kennison. I am the children's pastor at Sheffield Family Life Center in Kansas City, Missouri, and my co-host is here. Hello, hello. My name is uh, Dave White. I am also a children's pastor in Macon, Georgia at Christ Chapel at Sportstown, and also about 30 minutes down the road, we have a second campus in Warner Robins, Georgia. Excellent. And we're starting this podcast uh, because, one, there's a severe shortage of children's ministry leadership podcasts. Um, there's even a, a smaller percentage of those that are devoted to not only children's pastors, but children's ministers and volunteers. And that's what we want to do. We want to focus on the needs of the normal, everyday children's pastor, uh, children's minister, uh, whether paid or unpaid. Correct. Exactly. All of us started off that way, didn't we, Dave? Yes, we did. We all started in the trenches, and some of us are still there. That's right. <laughs> some of us love the trenches. But in the meantime, we don't have email set up or a voicemail, but we do want a lot of listener input and feedback. We want to know uh, you know, what issues that you need help with. Also, if you have any advice and things. So until we get those, in the meantime, we do have a website set up. You can check us out on www.cmmonthly.com. stands for childrensministrymonthly.com. This podcast will be about once a month. And uh, it'll be about an hour long. We're going to cover uh, at least one major issue facing children's ministers, volunteers, and pastors per week. And uh, this podcast will only be uh, two-thirds of what it could be if you guys don't uh, submit your ideas, your your support, and your input. Um, one thing, Dave, that we didn't do before that we'll have to do before we end out is decide what the next topic will be. Because uh, we'll always want to announce that so that folks can send in their tips, their questions, and um, and just gotcha. what they've discovered. Yeah, about about Good. that. Um, we are going to start with our weekly updates, and uh, that's just something we'll do every time where we'll let you know what's been going on in our ministry. And uh, Dave, why don't you go first? Tell us what's going on. All right. Monthly um, update. Just got back from kids camp, and uh, we took about 30 kids to camp this year. Uh, four of them were the spawn of Satan themselves, and those were the boys that I took. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> they were rough, let me tell you. But we had a good time. Uh, stayed in a, a dorm with about 200 other crazy boys. and All in one room? Um, uh, uh, one huge oh, room wow. with four separate quads. We had four quads. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, there was – you could sleep about 30 per quad, and all of ours were ADHD. And anyway, one, one of the, the funniest things that happened all week was we, we knew we would not win Clean Cabin Award. Yeah. Which you're all familiar with that. Uh, we just knew that right off the bat. Because the first day went to the uh, <laughs> the restroom to uh, well to use it and opened up the stall and there was this black stuff all over the toilet 
mm. not just on the lid, but under the toilet, around the toilet, on the stall wall. And, uh, you know, I just had the thought, you know, you know, how old are these kids that we're bringing to camp? You know, <laughs> and where did you grow up? I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah it was it was pretty rough. And obviously we didn't win Clean Cabin Award. No, what, what was it, the black stuff? It was poop. Oh, my gosh. Yes. A see, kid see you can already tell, folks, what pod, what kind of podcast this is going to be. This is a podcast for children's ministers who are in the trenches. Yes. Yes, yes we are. Every day. Exactly. So, so, so some yeah. kid had done what? <laughs> well, do you want all the details? No, I don't, actually. <laughs> I, okay, but he had uh, evidently forgotten how to wipe and use – anyway, he wiped himself uh, all in the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. Bad. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. It was a first for me as a children's minister. Yeah. Um, hopefully I, a last. I have a five-year-old who's never done that. And, uh, yeah. So now, now, I have found wet underpants in the hallway outside the children's chapel on Sunday morning. Were they yours? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, that's a plus. You no, know. they were not mine. Uh, I, I guess they became my property after I found them. But, but no, they were Hopefully. disposed of. Uh, okay, my yep. turn, Mister. I had, I, I've had. I love disciplining kids, and and when I say discipline, I don't mean you know yelling at them, screaming at them, or whatever. I really right. believe discipleship and discipline are the same word. I just you know we're training kids, and and as long as you're balanced, there's a lot of things you can get away with. And and th- there's these two young men that I've known since before they were in uh, junior church, much less uh, my my service. And I, I watching them during worship, and they're over there uh, smiling and giggling. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's like a big siren for us children's pastors. I look over, oh, yeah. and one of them is doing some sort of move with his hands down near his, his privacy area, okay? Okay. He's doing uh-huh. some little boogie move that he, he must have seen off television. And they laugh it up, and then the other guy does this pelvic thrust motion move, okay? <laughs> And you know we're all familiar with with that, uh-huh. but anyway, I uh, I'm like I can't I can't let that slide. You know I've got right. I've got to be constructive though, because you know I'm a little miffed, I'm a little mad. Um, so I I grab them and I I take them out. I don't grab them. I say you know you fellas come with me and walk right. outside. And I said guys, I you know I was praying, Lord, you know give me the idea here. <laughs> and um, so they they're uh, they're they're like what you know. And I said oh, I just. I got some I got some dance moves that I've been I've been thinking about incorporating into my worship. <laughs> right. And I I just wanted to show them to you and get get an, get your opinion, do they or do they not honor God? And so right, right there I busted out the uh <laughs> the pelvic thrust move right <laughs> in front of them. <laughs> And their eyes got about as big <laughs> as the moon, and 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 I'm like, does that does that work? You know, does that does that honor God? And they're going, no, <laughs> no, I, nope. I don't think you should ever do that again. And, <laughs> Please, and, and, Pastor James, never do that. And again. And <laughs> then I do that second move where I'm fiddling around there, and I I literally told, <laughs> I just said, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I feel like this one, you know, is a good move because it's <laughs> it's down there around my privates, you know, and 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 they go. <gasps> And 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 I says, you know, does that worship God? Does that is that fit in a worship service? And she's like, no. I'm like, is that something that we sh- I should ever do ever ever? No. Right. I'm like, right. okay. What about you guys? What about you? Am I any more of a child of God than you guys? Is there anything that I shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't be doing? Yeah. And they 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 said, no, we'll never do it again. And I say, all right, yeah. let's see how that works out. And I just let them back in the service. That's cool. How old were they? These were fifth graders. Fifth graders. Yeah. Awesome. 
Yeah, good. I've had to break up the can can a time or two, you know, from the boys' side. You know, oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, well, the only other time I ever did anything like that was with a young man. He was actually one of our preacher's kids back in the day, and he was listening to Corn a lot. Yeah. And right. I grabbed a CD, opened it up to the lyrics, and started reading the lyrics, cuss words and all, to be quite honest. And he yeah. was just mortified, and I pulled that line out. I said, you know, it's it's offensive for me to read it, but it's not offensive for you to let it in your mind. Are you any more of a child of God than I am? Am I, am I any better than you? And um, I tell you what, I don't know that that moment – changed him but i'm telling you right now he's not listening to corn and he's he's on fire for god and uh, it was a part of it at least Uh, the next segment that we're going to try to do once a month is the idea or resource of uh of the month and um today or, or this month we chose um releasing your volunteers and uh, Dave actually came up with that. So Dave, why don't you do a little intro on that and talk about it a little bit? Okay. Well, it actually helps to have them um, before you can actually release them. So if you, if you find yourself in a ministry where it's it's just you, um, sounds like you've got some recruiting to do, and uh, I'm sure that'll be a topic that we cover uh, one of these months. But um, for now, we're talking about the volunteers that you do have and uh, just practical ways to. Uh, train them, equip them, release them, um, actually give them uh, work to do in the ministry. And you, I think you'll just be amazed at, at how easy, easier your life becomes and um, just how much free time you'll have. You know, you, you'll, you'll find yourself in the Bahamas every other week and yeah. um, just on vacation, you know, six months out of the year. Okay, it's okay. Just, it's going to be right. a beautiful thing. So, so we're talking about delegating, right? Is that the, uh, is that the big people word for it? Well, I've actually got four Ds, you know, okay. the, the, the four Ds of, of um, releasing your volunteers is one is you can either do it yourself, um, which most of us do. Um, some some of us don't have a choice because you don't have many volunteers. Um, we'll just run through those. The four Ds are do it, delay it, destroy it, or delegate it. Mm. Um, and when you think about destroy it, hopefully there's not a child involved. Um, no, no. <laughs> but if you destroy it, then it's forgotten. But um, yeah, the biggest thing is is delegate it. Um, basically, don't be afraid to to train your replacement. Um, not that you're going anywhere, hopefully, but um, if you have someone who is just like you, um, two things there that probably be pretty scary uh, that there's two of you out there. Um, but it'll also free you up, um, like we were talking about, in practical ways. Um, say you had to be out, or you were sick and you just had to call somebody, and if it's just you, you know if. Well, you're kind of in trouble there. Somebody's going to throw in a VeggieTale movie or something. But um, if you've got somebody trained, you know, that you could call on the phone and say, hey, listen, I need you to handle fill in the blank of your ministry, um, then you could um, um, just just release them in that way. Um, so do we want to go ahead and just, like, jump right in? Um, yeah, let's talk about doing it a little bit. That's 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 good that we have a, a, a track to follow. Um, I know with doing it, it it's – it's what I would say 99% of our listeners are going to say they fall into that category, you know, 80, 85 to 90% of the time. Right. And that's because, uh, whether you're paid or, or whether you're a volunteer, it's your job and it's your passion. And exactly. I would probably, I'd probably guess that you're, you're feeling most of the time that you're the only one with that passion. Uh, because you're, you know, other than a mom or a part-time person that wants to work once a month, a lot of times, uh, especially small church leaders, find that they are alone in the basement, you know, of the church or the old sanctuary. Um, exactly. Yep. 
and doing it is is the best way to get it done. But as you know, if you do that long enough, you're going to get burned out. Yes. Um, you're going to get it done, but you're, but I know when I do that, I end up focusing on object lessons and, uh, illusions and getting the signs printed, you know, for, for the kids to right. hold and all that. And then I didn't have time to study my actual sermon. Right. Exactly. You know, the one yeah. thing that I couldn't delegate, I didn't focus on, but all the stuff I could have, but did right. myself rob me from the one thing God has called me to do, um, you know, which is which is to minister uh, His Word. And so, yeah, I mean, your thoughts on doing it, Dave? Yeah. Um, well, I've got a perfect example. Is my uh, my sister and her husband in Virginia? They've been the volunteer children's pastors for wow, probably six years, mm-hmm. um, and they just they kind of stepped in to fill a need, and um, they have um, I think one or two other adults who help occasionally um but pretty much it's just on them they do it every week and um you know they have some some youth helpers um but really you know what push come to shove it's it's their ministry and and they're the ones responsible for for getting it done um and i think that's one thing that keeps a lot of people from getting involved in children's ministry is that feeling of well if i ever just step in i'm going to be stuck here you know and that's one of the things Well, and why is that because they look at you the leader, right. and you're disheveled, and you're upset, and you're, you're yes. you love what you do, but you hate what you do at the same time, and exactly. they're like, there's no way in the world I want to go in there because right. I don't want to look like that. And you right. know, and I know, Dave, that when you when you have a situation like that, I mean, all of us have leaders that have been in there too long, and and you're trying to get them help, but when you do get them help, half the time they quit because it's like, okay, now I can finally pass it on to someone else, and you don't get delegation, you get you get uh, Yes. Just, just, you get a, <laughs> deserters. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> right, that's right. what I was looking for. Exactly. But, yep. but yeah, I mean, it, it. Why would somebody want to come work in your ministry when you look like you don't even want to be your, there yourself? Right. So uh, it's right. hard. And though. you may, and you may not even know you look like that. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess you know, just to put some action behind that, I know one thing God's really gotten me with lately is. Uh, it's just improving my appearance. Just silly things like that make a big difference, especially in America. I mean, we, we've got, there's a certain amount of selling that you've got to do, whether you're a small church or a large church. And, uh, you know, I always said I don't need to wear a suit because First of all, I didn't want to be one of those pastors that wore a suit. Secondly, I always said, I'm, I'm too active and kids are hugging me and getting candy residue on my legs and all this. But recently, Dave, I've been wearing a suit. Have you? I have. I have. And it has helped. Um, yeah. Not with my kids because they could care less. Uh, right. They, they don't care. They've never made a comment, to be quite honest. But a lot of my workers have. Um, and and my leaders have it. It helps parents to take you a little bit more seriously when you're well dressed. And uh, my my big thing is you don't have to dress as well as everybody else if you can't. Aff- you just need to dress the best you can. Exactly. And and just take pride in your appearance and yep. um, not be fake. Right. But do it. And and the best way to not have to be fake is not to be stressed out in the begin to begin with. And that is delegating. You've got to delegate. But anyway, cont- the, continue. That's that's funny that you said that about the suit. One of the first things my pastor told to me after he hired me, uh, I volunteered for about a year and a half. And uh, uh, when I came on staff, um, he said, you know, you need to think about the way you dress. And, you know, and I'm not a sloppy dresser. I'm jeans, you know, tennis shoes and, and, and a T-shirt. Well, 
That was back in the day when I had a two foot ponytail. <laughs> yeah, and and those dark and shaded glasses. Yes, yeah. yes, and the beard, and you know, God has a way of cleaning us up. So, uh, um, anyway, you know, he was like, and his exact words were, "I don't expect you to wear a suit," you know, mm-hmm. um, but he just wanted me to be aware of my appearance to um, my staff, my volunteers, um, the kid, like you say, the kids could care less, you know, but mom and dad, you know, that that really. You know, means a lot to them. One one of the things I have been able to get away with are my funky shoes. Um, you know, and that's 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 the one thing that I keep. You know, but mm-hmm. I pretty much I pretty much you know I'm not I'll never well I won't say never, but I, I, unless I'm probably acting in a play or doing a skit, I don't think I'll ever wear a suit to church. But uh, God bless you for that, by the way. Well, and and, and, uh, <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. Right. But I know right. I, the 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 trick is is there. The only reason I brought it up is it helps it, it helps me. Uh-huh. I felt like I I was not doing my, I I thought I would be better off in jeans and, and a and a sport coat or something back in the day, and I tried that, but I know it helps me to feel more uh, on top of my game when I when I look my best. I mean, you know, especially for us guys, women, I guess too. Uh, when you look your best, you feel your best, and um, right. But that's that. You know, that's not even the point. The the the, the big thing is though to, you know, make your children's ministry attractive. Uh, to your volunteers, exactly. if you're expecting. Anyway, we got kind of kind of got on a rabbit trail, but but the big deal is to do to doing it is something we all have to do. And there are those times where there is no one else around, and it's twelve thirty right. at night, and it's That's been right. a long work week, and you're squeezing your service out the last minute, which we'll, we'll we will eventually talk about preparation one day. But yes. uh, you know, we have those moments, but um, doing it though necessary is is not something that you want to continue if you're in the same spot for five years and you're still yep. working as hard as you did that first year yep. y- you have messed up and exactly. it's fixable what was that second one well i was gonna say that that jumps right into delaying it yeah um, it, you know if you get so caught up in doing it all the time there's so many things that that have to be done that you obviously don't have time to do it all so you end up delaying things um do you feel off Oh, go ahead. Do you do you ever feel like this though? I, I um and maybe some of our listeners have. I, I've often said I feel like I have eight or nine or ten balls that I have to juggle, but uh-huh. I but I only know how to juggle three right. or four or five. And so it's like I if I'm gonna juggle those three that are on the ground, I've got to drop three to pick those up. And yep, so, exactly. yeah, that's that delay it thing. You can work on, you know, your Royal Rangers program, but the junior church is going to have to wait for a little bit. And I can focus on recruiting, but kids camp promotion is going to have to go off another month. So, yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. You know, and and you just can't do it all. So stuff does get dropped and and put on the shelf. And um, you know, these may be things that God has asked you to do. You know, and you know. Those are the things you really don't want to delay or, or put on the shelf. Well, what does Maxwell say? He says that the the urgent will always outweigh the important, and right. uh, that's that's exactly what we're talking about. The important stuff is going to get dropped off because it can wait. Things like you know the, your policies and procedures manual, or those background screenings, or that check in yes. procedure is going to take a back seat because Delta's mama called and she wants to know you know about this, that, and the other. So, absolutely, right. exactly. So, yep. Anyway, delay it. I mean, it can kill you. You know, you'll you'll end up dropping things that that needed to be done, and um, that's not good. Not good. So, so um, do it. Delay and, it. It, it, it. The things that, and the things that you do drop will end up getting destroyed. I guess um, because of you know thing. 
by delaying it for so long, um, it, you you either forgot about it and it it never got done, or it's it could be a ministry area, you know, that uh, that really takes a downward turn because you didn't have the time to devote to, to properly leading that area, right. um, or training those volunteers well, to lead that area. I know so. what this means to me is I, I heard somebody tell me your ministry. If you don't delegate, your ministry will never be any bigger than you are. Exactly, and, and you God need will it. never give you more kids than you can handle. Exactly, that and, one too. And the, I, you know, you'd mentioned that that delay blends into destroy, and I bet you ninety nine percent of the time it does. But there's also that element of, I mean, a situation like doing VBS one year when your church has never done it, or maybe it's your first time, and so you do it all yourself, and right. you cannot do it again the next year because you cannot force yourself to do that amount of work again. Right, and, exactly. and so your ministry was just destroyed, not delayed, uh, and not even done, but because you didn't delegate and you didn't give it away. Um, exactly. I mean, why don't people delegate, Dave? I think there's uh, several reasons. One of them is a fear of, of um, other people's abilities and gifts. Um, you know, they think they're the only ones that can do it right. Exactly. And their way is the best way and only way. Um, and you know what? Nine you know, times out of ten, they are right. Exactly. You know, we yeah. are talented, we're gifted. Yes. But yes. but we're and not we're, the only ones. And we are the children's pastors or ministers, you know. Right. We're the one that that uh God has called to do it, you know, and so we have to do it the way that we think God wants us to do it, you know. And so You know um, what I but, found with that? I'm sorry. <laughs> we're go ahead. gonna keep talking over each other. That's uh, all right. I found that, you know, yes I could do it better than the people. I mean, there there is a truth there that I can I can do that better than them, but mm-hmm. I can't do everything as good as that person can teach that class because that's the only thing they're focused on that week. Exactly. You know, I can't exactly. do everything. I could do that class if that's the only thing I had to do better, but I can't do that class and remember their birthdays and remember their their verses and their parents' names and all of those different things like that worker can. Um, right. So that's a big deal. Yep, exactly. And that bleeds over into um, volunteer retention. You know, if you want to keep the people that God has sent your way or that you've worked really, really hard to recruit um, and offered this apple, dangled this apple in front of them, you know, um, you've got to be able to keep the volunteers that, that you've got. But we're um, afraid so to put them to work, Dave. When they, when they all, get there, we're afraid to work them because we're afraid we're going to run them off. Exactly. But, exactly. But that very act is what runs them off. It is because they're there for a purpose and a reason. They expect to be worked. They expect to have something to do. You know, if we only run one morning service at our church and mm-hmm. one evening service, so um, my people think I mean, it's their mentality. If I'm missing the morning service, you know, there better be a reason. I, I better have a good reason for it. You know, um, not that the evening service is 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 bad or anything. And and that anyway, just one of the rules at our church. If if you do ministry. In any ministry, you're required to attend an adult service. Exactly, same um, here. And that just that keeps them fed. Um, so, well, because you minister, I tell my people, you minister out of your overflow, and exactly. you can't put out what you don't have. Um, right. That the um, totally lost my train of thought. Anyway, Edit. talking about retention, yeah, just <laughs> you know, and training people. You know, you've got to you got to have a purpose and a and a and a reason for the way that you train. Oh them. yeah, I was talking about this with you earlier, and and now I remember. Um, I read about a, a, 
a place where they um, it was an aquarium and they receive volunteers and they have so many volunteers that they actually charge. They're able to charge their volunteers 70 bucks yeah. to, to volunteer at this place. And I read this off of a leadership website and basically it was talking about this very issue that we're afraid to put our people to work because we're afraid we're going to run them off. But mm-hmm. in, in this uh, aquarium, these folks are paying to come and work. And in a similar way, um, so are our people. They're sacrificing, you know, they, in a very real way, they drive there. They've gotten their kids ready. They've dropped them off. They've waited in long yep. check-in lines. They've given up yep. worship and, pray, and, and, and the service and they're coming in and we don't do anything with them because we're afraid we'll run them off. And the, the, the challenge that the guy put out on the website is, you know, these folks paid 70 bucks to work there. Um, if they weren't being used, they would probably expect their money back. And his challenge to me when I read that was, um, if your people were paying $70, would they get their money's worth? Wow. Out of it. Yeah. And they're not talking about club t-shirts and a secret handshake. They're talking about, you know, is that person going to go home feeling like they made a difference? And I made that mistake my first few years. I was trying to do everything myself and Mm -hmm. everybody else though, you know, for a while they, they loved watching it. You know, they, they liked the learning and seeing it and they'd come up and compliment. But after a while I started losing people and I couldn't keep even the new people I brought in. And but it, that part's necessary. You know, they have to be able to sit and watch you for a time. You know, but exactly, but, exactly. But if you don't move past that, people, right. it's it's like a church that would totally focus on evangelism. You're going to keep people for five years, but then if you don't move into some discipleship, they're going to find somewhere to go. And it's not right. that your church is bad; it's just not meeting their needs. And I had yep. to uh, I had to begin delegating things. Somebody came in and changed my ministry forever. They called my ministry, my children's church, the Pastor James Show. Oh. And I was like, oh. Oh. And I mean, I was doing worship. I was doing puppets. I was doing the intro. I was doing the object lessons. I was doing the closing. I was yep. reading the rules and regs. And it's like, dude, anybody can do rules and regs. Let somebody have the flipping microphone. And, and right. that began that begin to change things. And I'm telling you, you want your ministry to go b- b- bigger than you, you need to duplicate yourself. You've got to. So yeah, how, how do you duplicate yourself? Well, one of the things I think first is don't expect too much too fast. You've got to have a plan for these people. Um, you've got to develop their leadership skills through um, CDs, uh, through conferences. If you guys, if your church can afford it, if not, you know, see if you guys can find a fundraiser. You know, there's some awesome uh, leadership conferences available. Um, podcasts. Um, we're working on getting another good one out there. Hopefully, this one is, yeah. um, and we'll be able to teach you guys some stuff. But just some things that we've learned along the way. Um, and books. I mean, if if you can read it all, you've got to be reading. Um, pick a book a month minimum, um, and just just you know pour into it, pour over it, treat it like you did when you were in high school when you had to do book reports. Um, you know, read it with a purpose and and read it uh, expecting to get something out of it. Hopefully, you won't get a dud, and I'm sure we'll have some resources available yeah. on the website later, You know, just some good books that we've read and, and things like that. Well, and listeners um, can submit the ones that they've really gotten a lot out of, too. That would be awesome. Yes, very good. Um, and once once you, you're working on their leadership skills um, and you have them to a point, you know, I'm full believer on on-the-job training. You know, they mm-hmm. need to be doing something. There's in your no ministry. other kind in children's ministry, dude. <laughs> but from day one, even, yeah. you know, you've uh, if if they're not absolutely petrified to hold a microphone and come up to the front you need to you need to have them up there because that's the only way you need to stretch your people out mm-hmm. of their comfort zones i mean that's how i ended up where i was you know I, I i worked in the sound booth for 4 years you know and loved it 
um, and come up would come up on stage once every six months and do something stupid, you know, right. uh, for the kids. But um, but just that exposure and that training, you know, being pulled up on stage out of my comfort zone. I'm the biggest introvert you'll ever meet, um, or used to be, you mm-hmm. know. And, and God was able to change that in me for where I was headed. But um, it was a process to it. It didn't just happen overnight. So um, I was trained, um, uh, and then I was empowered. You know, I was once I was, you know, had enough of the skills that I needed. You know, I was I was let go basically. Um, um, still under supervision, you know, which and you've got to supervise your people. You right. know, once you once you do have them trained, um, but you've got to let them fly and you've got to let them fail. That's that's the hard thing about it is. You've got to sit back and just watch them crash and burn one good time, <laughs> yeah. and and it's it's the school of hard knocks, really. You know, once once that happens, it's a teachable moment. You know, right. you can take that uh, that scenario and walk them through it and say, okay, you know, this is what happened. And not that you're just so underqualified that you you know you just can't do the ministry, but this is how we can make this better. Right. You know, I watched the videos from. When I did Kid Zone uh, four years, four or five years ago, and it was bad. Mm. <laughs> it was real bad. You know, it was stumbling with for words and losing my train of thought, and you know, just look like I'd rather be anywhere else than on that stage. Wow. You know, but it was that process. You know, that was required. Um, and not that I'm all that, but I just it, it, these things come with time. You know, confidence and ability um, come with time. God will always equip. Those who he calls, right. he does not call the equipped. So it's our job to equip, and God's job to equip those who he calls to our ministry. Right. Well, you okay. know, uh, I know the first step that you're going to want to do if you're if you haven't delegated, and the key to me is is finding everybody's got people around. There's very few people that are just completely by themselves in the hole in the ground. But even if you are, the first step to delegating is finding out um, is there anything. That I, anything that I can, anything that anyone else can do needs to be delegated. That's kind of what I've come to. And it's not that we're lazy and we're working ourselves out of jobs. I mean, sometimes we deal with that and we think, you know, what are they paying me for? Or or how am I going to be the children's minister if, if everybody else is doing it? But God, we only have a certain amount of energy. And yep. God wants any energy that you're spending doing something somebody else can do. You're not only robbing from yourself, you're robbing that person of an opportunity to be used by God. And when you think of it that way, it's going to be a lot easier for you to start looking at people and saying, I need to use them in this way because this work is not a curse. This work right. is a blessing. Um, but the, the way you find out what you can delegate to, not only finding out what you need to give away, but what your people can do. What are their gifts and talents? Mm-hmm. I mean, you might have somebody, I call them herders, um, that are, that are in a herding position where they're just sitting out with the kids, herding them back and forth to class, uh, helping them go to the bathroom, dealing with minor discipline issues, oh, things like that. Not- Herd. Not hurt. No, no, no. Oh, herd. H e r d. Herding. Okay. <laughs> herding the children. Yeah, you okay. got people out there herding your kids. You need to delegate that, and not hurt them all yourself. That's right. Um, Somebody else could smack them around. I, and I think you could always find a volunteer for that, but especially yes. in the teenagers. But um, yes. <laughs> anyway, but find out what they do. I mean, I remember there were times. God, I need Sunday school teachers. I need Sunday school teachers, and I go to some people that are working right with me, and I'm like, "What do you do for a living?" Oh, I'm a mm-hmm. teacher. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, duh, they were here all along. So find out what your people do in real life and what yep. they're passionate about. You know, do, do you sing? Do you do puppets? No, I don't. I'm kind of behind the scenes. Well, dude, I need somebody to set up my games. I need somebody to come in an hour early and help me set up my stuff because I share the room with every other ministry in the planet. I need Amen. a sound man in the back that doesn't even like kids but knows how to work with sound. Thank um, you. you know, those kind of things. And yep. so find out what your people already, the people God has already given you because I'm telling you, like any resource, he's not going to give you more until you've shown that yourself faithful steward over what he has given you already. Absolutely. I've got a guy in my ministry who, uh, when people ask him what he does for a living, he tells them, I work with boys. He, he works with our, our, our boys program on Sunday nights. Awesome. Um, and he's a, he's an IT guy, mm-hmm. you know, but when he introduces himself, he says, I work with boys. So, Excellent. And, and, and you know what? To all you lay people out there, when God calls you up in front of his throne, he's not going to say, hey, traffic cop, hey, school teacher, hey, right. you know, whatever. He's going to say, hey, worship leader, hey, Sunday yep. school teacher, what did you do with what I gave you? So, exactly. um, don't rob your people of an opportunity to be able to give a good answer for that question. I'm telling you. Very good. Hi, folks. This is James with this month's quick and easy tip. Here's a little thing that makes a big difference. It's about tripods. You ever had a tripod that you wanted to set up on the stage, but you couldn't get all three legs balanced? You move one, and then the other one's off balance, or maybe you want it to lean back a little bit. I know I find I want tripods shorter, typically, because I've got something I want a child to interact with, and getting those legs even is sometimes hard. Well, I found the trick. Just close the tripod, loosen up all three of the legs, lower it, then lock down those legs, open it back up, and you will find that your tripod is perfectly balanced. If you need to lean back a little bit, just unlock that back lock, tilt it back, lock it back in place, and you're good to go. That's been your quick and easy tip. Okay, we're back, and um, we had been talking, uh, we're just going to continue our talk about how to delegate. We had hit our first topic, which was... um, just making a list of things and making a mental list or maybe even on paper of things that you can give away. What do you do in an average service or even during the week uh, on off hours that you can give away? Um, and then also uh, looking at your the resources you already have, the human resources that are already in your ministry. Do you know them and, and what, what gifts and talents do they have? What are their passions for children's ministry? Do you have um, some people that wouldn't mind getting up, taking a microphone? Or you know, are they backstage people that are being right. underutilized uh, more than just hurting children? Right. <laughs> I'm going to have to yes. find a new way to say that. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you just have to spell it every time. Hurting. <laughs> well, hurting, hurting, H-E-R-D is not even a good way to say it. But, I mean, there is a point where you just need to move the kids from one place to the other. And I don't know what else to call it. But Crowd control. Yeah. Is that it? Because there is no control. There's no. <laughs> There's controlled chaos. But anyway, so um, – uh, let's let's just walk through the process. I mean, in a nutshell, of how to train people. Once you've once you found out what they're doing and what you can give away, uh, Dave, do we do we throw them in there first day and 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 say good luck or uh, what yeah, do, give what them the we... keys and walk away. That's what you got to do. <laughs> Going on vacation. Been doing this alone for seven years. It's your yep. turn. I'll Welcome to ya. children's ministry, sucker. <laughs> And that's how people get stuck. No yep. joke. They, they cl- yeah, they they open the door, they push them in, and shut the door, and run away, and they and, don't open it again. Yeah, and in reality, that's probably how some of us got started. I know that's how I did. The guy or girl on his way out was like, "I'll see you. It's oh. yours," you know. But uh, hopefully, that didn't happen to you. Uh, and if it did, I'm sorry. But um, 
just don't do um, it to anybody else. Please. Here, <laughs> Remember he, how that felt. Yeah, years me, and, ago. me and Dave talked about I mean, people have probably heard this before, but I know there was a point that I hadn't, and the first time I did it, it really helped me quite a bit. And that's just a simple uh, process of discipling people or leading by example uh, in, in getting people involved. Then that first step being um, when you bring somebody in, um, there is a period of time where you're going to have to do it. But they will right. watch you do it. Um, uh, I know in my uh, in my process of, of of bringing people in, there is the application, there's interviews, background screenings, all this kind of stuff. But their first Sunday, they don't do anything. No. And now that seems to break the rules that we were talking about earlier. But my first, there's two reasons for that. One, um, I they don't know where they want to be. Some of them exactly. do, but many of them don't. And I don't want them to walk in on a six six month commitment. And be like, oh my goodness, this is not what I thought it was going to be, and right. uh, and then have to just either leave. I mean, that's what they do; they just leave and don't show back up. I would yeah. rather give them the opportunity to say, okay, come try this for a week. If it's your thing, then we'll make you a six month commitment. If not, we're going to move yep. you around until you find what you want. But the other reason is that I want them to see how we do things. And uh, so, the first step, in my opinion is uh to to encapsulate it is just you do it and they watch that's exactly what we do yep uh step number two i would suggest is um you is they help you do it right they you you're still doing it you're still doing the same thing but maybe maybe they've got the second microphone um they're helping you with a game or they're leading worship with you and helping with the motions or whatever um whatever that job is um, mm-hmm. They begin to do it uh, and help you. Um, step three is is almost seems very close to that, but there is a small difference, and that is they are going to do it, and you're going to help them. Right. And so you're still on the stage, and as far as the kids know, both of you are still doing it, but they take the lead. They just back up for when they blink. Yeah, yeah. They yep. they've got the the microphone this time. They've got the clicker. You know, if you're if you're using PowerPoint. Um, and if your church is rich enough to have a clicker, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're not they're not that bad. I'm still drawing pictures, um, <laughs> using using these foam cutouts or what do they call them? Uh, flannel graphs. You know, those are making you, a comeback. So, how does that clicker work with an overhead projector? Is it, that, it it doesn't. There's a big oh. red button on the front that turns off the light. That's how it works. That's now, you little know, Johnny you know <laughs> beside the, the overhead. Yeah, that's about to say the little old He's lady. Your <laughs> He's your clicker. <laughs> Mommy, call me a bad word. What did he say, honey? <laughs> Clicker. Anyway, uh, so step. So that's the that's the next step. And then the last step, of course, is they do it and you watch. And you know what, Dave? In my opinion, you know that step never stops because in no. that in that concept of, I mean, even if they're in a different room um, doing their own thing, you know, keep watching them. I know I've never wanted to go into a classroom because, first of all, everybody knows Pastor James, and I interrupt. Yep. Um, yep. I hate doing it, but I found if I don't, um, yep. the leaders think I don't care. Exactly. And they want – as nervous as they seem to get and as much as I never wanted to do that to them, they yep. they do like it, especially um, when I do it regularly because then it eases up. The, the, the issues aren't there. I've learned to walk through the door with my fingers to my lips so the gr- kids know to not make a big deal about the fact that I just walked through the door. And um, What is it uh, Willie George says? Uh, it's your MBWA? 
your uh, management by walking around. Yeah, that's degree. I, I didn't know that was yeah. his. I thought Jim Weidman stole that, but uh, he stole it from his pastor, okay. Billy George. Yeah. Well, and something <laughs> else. Since we're on Jim Weidman, one of the things that he said that that really stuck out to me was people don't do what you expect; they do what you inspect. Exactly. And so, um, and that inspection is not just going around finding things wrong. Um, go around and find things right. And, and praise people yep. because I'd said at the beginning, I'm a big fan of discipline. And the only reason why I can say that and not feel guilty is because discipline is about balance. It's about correcting and directing and letting people know that they're going the right direction and letting them know when they're going the wrong direction. Sometimes we do too much of one and not enough of the other. And it usually ends up we're telling them what they shouldn't be doing. But, um, right. but you got to balance that big time. And it's a touchy subject. You know, you don't want to be known as Scary James, you know. No, no, because <laughs> it doesn't even rhyme. It, you can't, uh, any, no, it's, I don't it's want, cool. I don't want any nicknames that I can't wear on a t shirt. So, uh, you you had mentioned earlier. I'm going to let you have the mic for a little bit about the the difference between the people that come in and they seem to have all of the tools they already need versus the people that need some coaching. Yes, and I was in the latter group. I'll be the first to admit. And I was in the first group. Yes, you were. You were just all that it's, from the get go. It, you true. came out of the womb, an eagle is what we'll call it. Um, you know, these are the people that you pray for. <laughs> But these are also the people that will stretch you yeah. and uh, have the ability ability to intimidate you the most. And they're not perfect, though, Dave. No, they're not. And sometimes they're, we, they know they're eagles. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, but but you need them, and yeah. you've got to have them in your ministry. And these are these are your go to people in a pinch. They can. Um, I've, well, anyway, Thank I won't God give that for example. Eagles. Well, yes. I, I'll give you one. I just got rid of one. It's the hardest thing I ever had to do. I yeah. wanted us to hire him. He was that good, and he's been with me for five years. He came wow. in, and, and matter of fact, I didn't even want to use him at first because my own pastor came up and like, have you talked to John? Have you talked to him? Have you? He's yeah. coming in, and he was supposed to be this big shot resource guy, and I was just like, I didn't even want to use him just because yeah. he might be better than me. But dude, right. uh, just, to, just to give you a nutshell, I mean, not only was he an eagle, I mean, he, he was there for me when I was almost burnt out one time. He was able to take whole ministries off my back when wow. I didn't learn to delegate, Dave. I was forced into it because of my situation, yeah. but right. he, he's off to pastor a church now, and 100 percent of his training for ministry has been underneath the children's department wow. and and it's huge because not only was I able to duplicate myself um, he's going to be a senior pastor like nobody's business he's going to be the senior yeah. pastor that all of us wish we had because cool. he started in in the most important ministry in the church in, in the Absolutely. children's department but Absolutely. but now when I say you know I'm glad he's leaving, <laughs> it's yeah. partly the truth. I mean, I'm glad he's going, but dude, I kid you not, we have gone back three years in our wow. in our children's ministry progress. As far as I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff again, and I'm I'm yep. waiting for that next you know eagle to come through. But thank God for the eagles. Yes, and I've 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 let a, a one or two slip through the cracks before I I learned this lesson the hard way too. You know, it's just you've. Pray for them, and when they come your way, you know, I pray for discernment and that, that God will show you who they are and their abilities uh, yep. quickly because um, – Somebody's going to sl- slurp them up. When we started our, our second campus uh, 40 minutes away, 
you know, obviously you can't be in two places at once. So I had to do children's ministry at this brand new uh, startup campus. And um, my assistant, who I've I've been blessed enough to have a full time assistant, um, she was having to start up the nursery and preschool department. So I needed somebody to do kids zone. Um, well, I had this girl who had been with me. Girl, she was a lady uh, for <laughs> a year and a half, um, and she had been doing praise and worship for about six months. Um, and I was just praying, God, you know, who who's going to be leading while I'm gone? And uh, he just brought her to my mind, and I talked to her, and she did a phenomenal job. You know, so much better than I would have ever imagined she could do. Um, but I, I had to be put in the situation to where. You know, I had to look for her or that person. You know, I had to, you know, I was forced to find her, and um, God revealed her to me, and uh, and she just and she had been with me for almost two years, hmm. which was a sad thing, um, but she was ready and she did a great job. Um, un- unfortunately, she moved to California, and someone else's children's ministry is being blessed by her right now, but um, just you know, just perfect <laughs> example. And what'll really break your heart is the eagles who come that aren't committed. <laughs> Right. I got to have all the that, potential in the world and it will yes. never reach it because they can't no. focus. Right. Because they right. do everything well and they can't do one thing for very long. No. No. And these are people that can grab a mic from day one and, and just play with the kids and, and have a good time and, and make it look fun. Right. Um, you know, but there's, there's also those people who, um, like I said, like myself, who really needed a lot of coaching, a lot of training, a lot of attaboys and um, just opportunities to succeed. You know, you've got to set your people up uh, for success. I kind of joked in the beginning where I said, you got to watch them crash and burn one time. But, you know, that's that's kind of part of it, you know. Um, you know, but you've really got to set your people up for success. And yeah. I was set up really well along the way, um, you know, by the leaders who were above me. And um, and now, you know, and that's and, and again, I'm not all that, but that's why I'm I'm in the ministry in the position that I am today is because somebody took the time, somebody saw in me something I did not see, right. um, or didn't want to see, and um, they were able to to mold that in me and shape that and make it seem like it was my idea. So it was pretty cool. You yeah. know, one thing that came to my mind and and is the uh, there's somebody out there listening to this going, you know, this all sounds good, but I don't have people that you know or I. I have people, but I, I've asked, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that they would do this. I don't know that they would take the mic. I don't know that, they, but God just, right. God revealed to me the one time the power of asking. Yep. You know, it never hurts to ask, especially if you ask correctly. Don't go up and say, Oh, would you mind doing this? I'm so tired of doing it. Would you do it? No, yep. you ask like this. Hey, I've noticed that you're really, your kids really love you. And every time that you pick them up, they come running to you. That shows yep. me that you're a good parent. And there's a lot of kids in this children's church that could use loving like that. And I just wonder, and I don't ask everybody this, but would you mind? coming and visiting our children's department and, and getting it, you know, thinking about getting involved and, yeah. and just ask, uh, Oh, what about the people that work once a month? I had a whole ministry full of people like that and there was no relationships being built, Dave. And so what I did is I asked them, would you mind committing six months every week? Now we have two services on Sunday morning. So that wasn't an excuse, you know, to, to say mm-hmm. that, but dude, uh, four out of those five people are still working two or three years later, every single Sunday on Sunday mornings because I asked. Um, right. And, and just one more thing that I thought of is God revealed to me through through one of the pastors here on staff that we're not just their employer and we're not just their trainer. 
mm-hmm. we're not just the children's pastors. We're their pastor too. When they right. when they chose to come to your church, you have a responsibility to pastor not only your kids. That's why children's yep. ministry is so hard because you're not just pastoring your kids. You got to pastor. You have a responsibility to their parents and to your leaders, and you owe it to them to challenge them, to stretch them, to to challenge them to do things that they normally wouldn't want to do. I mean, right. who who of us hasn't woke up on Sunday morning wishing we could have rolled over in bed? And if we had been a common layperson, we would have. Yes, but um, exactly. You need to make them so mandatory and so necessary that that's the last thing they're going to think of doing. <laughs> that happened last Sunday morning because I had just come off a week of kids camp with the devil's children himself. So it's <laughs> <laughs> like, Lord, it's Sunday. It's one of the first Sundays I've woken up and just not been ready to go and excited about church. But uh, oh, yeah, There's guess. no such thing as bad kids. There's just terrible <laughs> kids. And horrible parents. Demonic children. <laughs> uh, don't even get me no, started. I'm just kidding. No, just I, kidding. I, I, I totally uh, – I've seen some bad kids with uh, good parents, but it's been rare. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. So and, I, and I've got some. I've got some of those. Yeah. And they're not bad kids. They are just so uh, – what's the good word for it? Nuts. Crazy. <laughs> have a lot of, lot of energy. A lot of energy. Yeah. I set a girl down one time like that, and she was in third grade. And a matter of fact, she came by yesterday, and she's in seventh grade now, and she's just such an awesome young lady now. But she used yeah. to be so bad. And I sat her down, and I said, "You know what? You're nuts. You're crazy. You're out there. You're wild. You're loud. You're 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 uh, just everywhere at one time. And you know what? God made you that way, sweetheart. He gave you that passion and that energy. He gave you yep. that that that." that spark of life. And I said, so you know what? Be yourself. I used her name. I said, be Marcy. I'll change her name. Be Marcy. But I said, be, be the best Marcy you can be though, sweetheart. Use this stuff to, to, you know, cause you, you'll be really loud during praise and loud during the preaching, but you'll be really quiet during worship. And so, you know, you can control that. I said, you just need to do it right. And I'm not saying that changed your whole life, but you know what? It it definitely made a marked difference in her and I still get hugs and she's taller than I am. So that's good. And she's in middle school and, you know, middle schoolers don't talk to their their, (laughs) their children's pastors anymore, but she does. But, uh, that that, that just reminds me of, of, why we do what we do is it's all about planting seeds. You yep. know, there's there's so many times we will see the harvest as as children's pastors, but um, you know that's kind of reserved, I guess, for the youth pastor. Well, <laughs> everything, pastor, but. everything we do, every single thing we do is long term. Long term, it is for the long term. And that's another reason why children's ministry is so hard. It's easy to get people for the choir because they get applause right away. You know, it's easy to get people to sing a, a solo because they get the praise and the glory. We're in the back. We're in the hole. We're using, you know, the, the old projector if we even have that. And Uh it's easy for the devil to tell us that what we're doing doesn't matter. But I pray for each one of you that you get enough chance to, to hang around a place long enough to see the impact. I mean, one of my dreams, I tell my kid this, uh, my kids, I want to marry you guys one day. You know, I want to yep. preach to your kids. And, um, I mean, I kind of cheated. I got to work in youth and then moved to children's ministry. And so I kind of got, got to see, um, the effects of a good children's ministry on teenagers. And now I can take that knowledge into the, the children's ministry to where I can see, you know, two versions of every kid. 
Exactly. When I see him, I can see what yep. the devil has planned for him. That back, yep. that back row teenager that's passing notes and smoking cigarettes. And then I can see that kid that's up at the front out of that same individual, uh, who's uh-huh. worshiping and, and hungry for God. I can see that church kid that's seen it all, done it all and not yep. impressed. And I can see that church kid that has learned that there really is a God after all. And, um, I just hope that's to good. be able to affect as many of them. Now, what do we do, Dave, with, um, I mean, we've all had them. I have anyway. What do you do with people that apply to children's ministry that you just can't use? The- oh, you you send them to the youth department because <laughs> <laughs> they'll take anybody. Now I know this is rare, but I actually like my youth pastor here at this church. <laughs> Usually, children's and youth fight, which is so sh- such a shame. Yeah, but, uh, but no, I love I- mine too. But, um, but, but, I, I, but I have sent him people. <laughs> now, there are many reasons why people wouldn't be able to work, and, and some of them are very practical, like if they can't pass their background check or right. even if they have, but you just see that they are easily angered or they swear. I've had people swear at my kids. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had um, you know kids shaken, um, and, and these are people <laughs> that have That's passed – Every single background check who passed every reference check that if you saw them, you'd think, you know, they are uh-huh. more mild mannered. They make Clark Kent look like he's hopped up on caffeine and speed, um, yeah. but they still just couldn't handle it. Um, and then, and then there's the more uh, ambiguous stuff of people that just aren't gifted or talented or have uh, any skills whatsoever. <laughs> what do you do with those folks, Dave? Uh, put them in the sound booth. Yes. Um, <laughs> it would be a good spot for them. Bring them in during um, the week. If you do, if you do dramas, um, have them and put them in charge of costumes. Yep. You know, have them make after sure service cleanup, tear down, yep. set up. Hour yep. early, hour late. Yep. Yep. The candy prize person. You know, make sure mm-hmm. that organization. You know, and I love the the middle of the week stuff because there's always stuff that comes up that that can be done pre service. Yep. And and that's yeah, that's a great idea. Um. I'll touch on the 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 people that you just can't use for whatever reason. It's always hard to fire a volunteer. It it almost seems like it's wrong, mm-hmm. especially when you need people so bad. But I I've God's really given me a few things to think about over the last few years, and one of those is the right people are worth waiting for. And yep. you know sometimes we get in such a rush and we just want to fill the spot that we will put people in that aren't necessarily qualified or not really good with kids. Um, and the the other thing is I want I want hearts. I don't want just bodies to fill yep. these positions. And so yep. you combine those two and it may take you a while to get the right people. Don't let everybody in. You're not a middle schooler that can't get a date and the first person that likes you you're going to go out with them by default. You know, this isn't that kind of thing. This is somebody that you need to court these people and find out no matter how desperate you are, find out if they're good because all it takes is one bad experience for a kid to be marked yep. for life as far as church goes. That's and it. um so I'm very, very, very protective of my kid. When we do back, it starts with background screenings. Uh, we mm-hmm. do, we do a criminal background check in all 50 states. Then we follow that up with what some churches don't do. And that's a DFS, Department of Family Services check. So we want to know, are you good to your own kids? You that's know? Good. Um, and then we, we check our references. There'll be, you'll be amazed at things you will find, uh, from references that you'll never, that mm-hmm. would never turn up. Because if you, if you don't have a, if you have a bad temper, that's not yep. going to turn up on a criminal background check. No, it's not. 
Um, but but these people's friends will tell on them. <laughs> it kind of blows my mind. Don't put them with the children. <laughs> well, and and then you know if they put a past church on there, I mean there, there's there's privacy laws and all that kind of stuff. But you know, ask the pastor of that church why you know what what was was there any reason why they moved? Was there anything that you would uh, you know any reservations that you would have about suggesting them for children's ministry? And then you don't have to get into the details. And you'd be surprised exactly. how many people that I've turned down because of that. I don't want my kids to have a bad experience. Many of us are in children's ministry because we did have bad experiences and one of the reasons why we're in is we want to we want to kind of redeem that redeem church for our kids. But what yep. do you do when it comes down to having to sit down and talk with these people? I've done it several times and it's never fun and it's never easy, but I will say that the first thing you can do to keep this from happening is to see them coming. If you have a weirdness or a freakiness or something check in your spirit, you need uh-huh. to you need to you need to identify that and you need to go with it. Um, you cannot totally blow them off uh, based on that, but you do need to inspect that and find out. Okay, what is it about? Because you know we've been in place. Have you ever been in a house when you were a kid and it just felt weird? You yeah, know? grandma's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you just you, there's people like that too that you're just around and you're like, okay, there's something about this. I believe that's the Holy Spirit. You know, I just yep. our spirits witness with each other when we're saved, and I think they do when when there's something awry. And so if you can nip it in the bud and suggest another ministry to them, or you know, turn them on to a different pastor, uh, then you don't have to deal with the drama. Okay, so that would right. be my first tip. Uh, the second one is is just. At all, by all means, protect your children. Your first priority is to your kids. So no matter what difficulty you've got to go through to get this person uh, moved on to another ministry, it is worth it because okay. you do not want the collateral damage. I, I, I can say this because I did not follow my own advice my first time, and I saw a guy that freaked me out. He was weird. I thought, you know what? Um, I, you know, he, there's something about him, but I did not check him out. I did the background screening and all that. I found out yeah. he was a nanny and all these different things. I let him in and his first night, he didn't go off on the kids. He went off on a coworker, which I've never had happen, screaming at the top of his lungs, ran out like a, like a, like a non-responsive, you know, special needs kid and, yeah. and just wouldn't, I had to talk him down. I mean, wow. it was insane. It was like one of my bipolar kids and, he, I had to sit him down with the other worker, and these kids saw this. They yep. saw this, and that was just so wrong. And it took me, I kid you not, well over eight months um, to get this guy not out of my ministry. He left that evening, but we had to go through a whole process of trying to bring him back in, having to get him discipled, and, and it just didn't work out. Whereas if I had just gone with my gut and prayed yep. through and did some research, I would have never had to go through all that. The other thing is, before you lay down the law with anybody, as far as setting them down and letting them go, you need to get pastoral support. Yes, It's very important for your senior yep. pastor to know what you're doing. If for no other reason than when that person comes to tell on you and to ask <laughs> that you be fired <laughs> or, yay, demand it, uh, yeah. your pastor needs to know so he's not hit at a left field. And I know uh-huh. some pastors... Um, are, are they're like your mama was when you was little. The person that cries the most, they just uh-huh. want to shut up the crying. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so you know, it, it's going to be better if they know why that person's crying because a pastor's heart's always to soothe and to help and to, and to to help them. And and sometimes that can be used against you. So let them know um, what's going on. Get the okay to let them go. Um, and then lastly, when it comes time, you know, you're going to have to choose your 
to choose your battleground. You know, you can call them in to the office. Um, I always choose to do it at a time where I'm not calling them out extra because that just seems wrong. <laughs> hey, I yeah. need you to stop by the church so I can fire you. And um, by the way, yeah. What? <laughs> No, that's what I was going to say. By the way, you're oh, fired. Yeah, by the way, thanks for coming out. You're gone. Get out. Yeah, right. Security. But uh, <laughs> but to just to be kind, um, I know when Jesus reprimanded people, uh, especially when I think of the uh, of Mary who was drug out and, and almost stoned uh, to death, he he corrected everyone there, every single one there, including her at the end, go yep. and send no more. But he did it in a way that was not offensive. It right. wasn't hurtful. It was correcting. And you need to pray up, and there's a way that you can let this person go. I'll give you an example. I had a fellow that had been there a long time. He had gotten a little too old, and, and not that you can be too old, but his attitude and his behavior and his understanding of the respect level a boy should give him had gotten – definitely showed its age because back in the day, you just had to be good because – this person was older than you. Exactly. Nowadays, we know it's based on relationship, but he didn't get that. And he had, he had, uh, he had done some things and said some things that were just inappropriate. And I sat him down and I said, you know, you seem to be a great teacher until a kid steps to you and then yep. you lose it. And he agreed. And I said, yep. and you've been telling me that you have a heart for middle school students. And, that, and, and that's probably because these little guys are driving you nuts. And he agreed. And I simply yep. was able then to say, okay, based on what you've just agreed to, that you cannot control yourself and that your passion isn't for this ministry. I said, you need to, you need to resign. You need to, you know, uh, you yeah. can't always be that nice, but you can try. Um, right. But anyway, they will tell that on works. you. They, it, it, it it gets rid of them. And you know yeah. what? At the end of the day, yeah. you just like you owe that person to delegate, you owe it to them to give them an opportunity to do what God wants you to do. You owe it to your leader who's in the wrong place to free them from that so God can use them where he wants to. Because everybody does have a ministry. And just because, you know, maybe you have a criminal background check that didn't work and you can't work in children's ministry doesn't mean you can't go do something else. You know, uh, a a drug conviction may in some churches keep you out of working with children, but it doesn't mean they're not going to let you go work, uh, you know, in the, in the outreach programs and on the streets. Right. And feeding programs and maybe even in an adult classroom or in a support group that deals with drug and alcohol abuse. Um, so, you know, free if you see it that way, that you're freeing them to do what God really wants them to do, mm-hmm. your your heart, you're, you're going to be able to sleep that night after it's over with. Good. So anyway, good. We're, getting, uh, we're getting close to that time. But um, basically, we want to just recap. Thank you, Dave, by the way. Thank you oh, so much what for do? doing this. I think it's oh, you. Okay. You did the podcast with me. And, oh yeah, and this has been a long time coming. We've been talking about it for a while, and we'll. But we will see you guys next month. But in the meantime, check us out on cmmonthly.com. We're going to get this uh, podcast uh, mixed down and and prettied up and put on iTunes. It usually takes about three weeks for the feed to start coming out. But um, so we expect most of you will hear this in uh, in the future. Uh, I can hear myself. <laughs> I can hear you too. You sound pretty. You sound handsome, by the no, way. No, shut up. Yeah, you do. <laughs> anyway, um, basically, what we want to do is have you guys send in your listener input and your suggestions. Um, 
and make sure that that you are just as much of a part of this podcast as we are. Um, so even though this is in the past and you're hearing this in the future, uh, we would love to retouch on this subject with your input. So if you have anything on delegation, on empowering volunteers, on how to deal with, with volunteers in any respect, I'm sure this is something we will touch on over and over and over because volunteers yes. are so key. Uh, please don't hesitate to send that in. And I'm sure that email address is prominently displayed on the website at cmmonthly.com. Dave, do we have a weekly challenge for our people? Or a monthly challenge, I should say. What do you want to challenge Um, them to do this month with what we've given them? Wow. How about they spend the month trying to recruit one person? How about that? Um, Sounds good. Pick one person or pray for the person that uh, um, that God wants for your ministry. And I think that uh, I, I know that if we recruit at least one a month, um, we may not we may never have an excess of of what we need excess, but uh, we will have exactly what we need uh, to do ministry. So, one a month in the beginning is what I would go for. Um, we need to be constantly talking to people and. Uh, networking and, and and sharing our heart and the vision and telling people why we do what we do, but um, um, and a lot of recruitment ability comes through relationship building. Absolutely. Um, and you you know it's it's a whole lot easier to get somebody on board with you personally uh, if you know them and if you have a relationship with them, uh, and if they don't hate you, that'd be good too. So, <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> so yeah, don't wear your deodorant and brush your teeth. Yes, uh, my challenge for you would be hand in hand with that, and and that is to um, provide an atmosphere for your existing workers that is attractive to those people that you're trying to recruit. That would be my challenge, not just for this month, but for the rest of your ministry, is make children's ministry has the most potential to abuse people and volunteers than any other ministry in the church, in my opinion. And that's people know that, and that's why they don't want to volunteer. But what can you do this month to change the tone of that? Um, uh. You know what can you do this month to make children's ministry one of the most attractive ministries uh, at your church? I know one thing, just a tip. I have uh, postcards that I send out, and I challenge myself to send out at least two a week. Um, and that means I have to walk around and inspect, and I'm inspecting to find good things. And my leaders know that now because enough of them have gotten postcards. But what some somebody don't just love on them for something silly though, because that's just trite. But what are right. those things that they did out and above and and over and beyond um, that really show that they took their ministry to heart this week? So there's there's my monthly challenge is uh, make your ministry a little more attractive to your people. Um, let me pray a prayer blessing over our listeners and over the two of us. God knows we need it. And then yes, we'll, we'll see you guys next month. Lord, All right. we just thank you for the opportunity to do this podcast. God, I thank you for this this worldwide audience that is potentially – uh, at our fingertips here with the the introduction of the internet and iTunes and all those kinds of things. But God, even more, I thank you for people that love you enough to do this hard ministry. Um, God, children are our most precious commodity because they are not just our future. They are right now. And God, we know the importance of those kids. We know that the fears and the challenges and the shortcomings that we have as adults most of the time came and started and, and were formed in those childhood years. 
God, I pray for every leader that's listening to this, that you would inspire them, that you would keep them going. Those that are feeling like this could be the last Sunday and they wouldn't care, God, I pray that you would just infuse them with your Holy Spirit and let them know that it's not just you and them, that you've given them tools and uh, and human resources and they're just out there. God, give them just enough energy to prove what we've said here today is correct and that it's right, that, that delegation is the key. Uh, Lord, we just pray that those volunteers would be prepared, the ones that are already in ministry and the ones that are sitting in that congregation. Lord, prepare them for the announcements, for the bulletin, for the videos, for the, for the pleas from the pulpit. And well, lastly, God, I just pray a blessing that, that the, the, every children's minister here, uh, would have the favor and the support of their senior pastor. Yes. God, we can't do any more than those senior pastors let us do. We can't love those kids more than we're allowed to, to, to a certain extent. So God, I just pray that you would help every pastor in America realize that children's ministry is their ministry. Uh, we just do it for them. And yep. the more they support us, the more they're actually supporting their own ministry. Lord, uh, be glorified through our efforts and uh, keep us going, God, because we're doing your work. And we know you love these kids more than we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Very amen. good. Amen. All right, Dave. Thanks, I got a question dude. For you. Oh, what? Yeah, you're welcome. What? Um, you're talking about firing volunteers? Yeah. Um, uh, will I be back next month? <laughs> <laughs> This is James, and that's Dave, and we are the Children's Ministry Monthly Podcast, and we hope you'll check us out next month. And in the meantime, check out our blog on cmmonthly.com. Love you. Peace out. Love your guts. Bye. You write that at the bottom of your emails, and it's gross. It's one yes, of those. Okay. It's, it's my gross. thing. <laughs> it's gross. You, uh-huh. you should say, I love your guts out. Or something like that. <laughs> love your guts out. Like, love your guts. It's like, here, here's some guts. Kiss them. <laughs> no, that would be fantastic. Kiss, kiss my guts. Kiss my grits. Next month, Dave and I will be discussing discipline in children's ministry. In the meantime, if you have any tips, questions, or input of any kind, you can email that to cmmonthly at gmail.com, or you can call the Howl line at 206-350-HOWL. That's 4695 for those of you that don't know how to do the number-to-letter conversion. We'll see you next month. <laughs>